Hi, I'm Krista. And I'm Sarah. And we have this podcast called Have We Talked About? Where two friends at different points in their lives chat about everything in their lives from current events to pop culture, from self-care to self-indulgence and everything in between. Join us weekly to see what we talk about next. Hello? Hi. How are you? I'm good. It's been a little bit of time since we last spoke. It has. What's going on? What's new? What's exciting? Uh, well, we just had a holiday in Canada. Well, not all provinces, I've realized, get this holiday, Family Day mm-hmm. in Ontario, where we are at least. And it was Martin Luther King Day in the States, I think, on Monday, or President's Day, one of the President- two. I think it was President's Day, yeah. Yeah, so spent some time with the family, which seems appropriate, given the because holiday. it was family day. <laughs> it was family day, and the temperatures weren't too terrible, right? Mm-hmm. I know, well, based on social media, I saw that you took, you took brother, I'm going to call him brother now, out on the weekends. He will be a brother. Yeah, Big took brother. my son, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really nice, especially for like Toronto GTA area it was shockingly nice for February (laughs) so I wanted to take full advantage of it because I'm pretty sure this this week we're supposed to be getting a snowstorm so (laughs) so yeah Um, yeah it was nice you know I'm I love long weekends and I feel like family day is a fairly new stat holiday in Canada, Ontario. Um, so like, don't get me wrong. I love stat holidays. I will take all the stat holidays, but like to go back to work after a stat holiday, <laughs> right? <isn't> fun. <laughs> and then like knowing, like knowing you only have to work four days rather than five days, you're like, Oh, this is going to be great. Excellent. But like, realistically, it's like jam packed. Those four days are jam packed. Totally. And I think that segues into what we wanted to talk about today, which is like work environments, whether it's a remote, whether you're in the office, whether it's hybrid, what works for you now? What was that like pre-pandemic? Uh, what is your ideal workplace environment? Is it a mixture of all of three? Do you miss going into the office if that's not an option for you? How are you productive if you are working from home? And how do you navigate the space even remote or in person when the environment you're working in is toxic and kind of the culture that that bleeds out that you feel like you have to really lean into that maybe kind of goes against your own internal compass Um, because you know in some areas or some businesses in order to be successful you have to go along to get along and sometimes it doesn't necessarily mean you're doing what you think is the right thing. Mm So let's talk a little bit about what work was like for us before the pandemic. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Well, before the pandemic, both Krista and I were working um, together at the same company in the same building, just down the hall from each other, which was fabulous. Um, For both of us, we went into the office five days a week. Um, So yeah, and, and that was normal, right? That was the norm. You go into the office five days a week, you work your, require your time, and then you commute 
home. So let's give perspective of like, how long did it take you to commute? Because you still work there. How long does it take you to commute into the office, even though that feels different now? For me, we moved offices during the time that I was there. So it went from a seven minute commute to a 10 minute commute. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> First world problem. <laughs> but let me set context that I purposefully moved into the city. So this, the, the office space is right downtown, literally beside Union Station. So it's you know, a little easy commute that way of like taking the go or taking the subway in. But I moved downtown to decrease my commute time. That was a conscious decision I had made because I'm like, it does take, into, it cuts into your day. So very fortunate that I could roll out of bed, get ready, and then be in the office within seven minutes. But also meant that I could really be on call all the time for my staff because I was literally seven minutes away. Mm-hmm. But for you, that looked different. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I did that. I, I did that. I, I lived downtown and I w- walked to work and it was great. Yeah. But we, again, we can talk about this in another segment. But um, uh, my husband and I needed more space. <laughs> Condo living is fun, but you you outgrow it pretty quickly. So then we moved to the suburbs and then I needed to take a go train into work. Um, at that time, and you know, 2019, beginning of 2020, it was fine. You know, I, we purposely moved to where we live now because there was an express go train. So it was very quickly. It was very quick. I would hop on. I was the last stop, but it would be direct to Union Station. Mm-hmm. So I really couldn't complain. And then what? It was like a five minute, barely a five minute walk from Union Station to our office. And then back home, I would be the first stop off because it'd be, I would always catch the express train because God forbid you catch another train. Um, so it was fine. And again, it was the norm. If you had, sure, if I had appointments or anything, maybe I would take my laptop and work from home that day. But the, the I don't know, the standard and the norm was going to the office and that was fine we didn't know any better (laughs) right exactly well we also know that once the pandemic hit work work changed for us in the way that it looked from a business standpoint but even from a person standpoint right like we don't work together anymore as a result of the pandemic and I think that plays into a little bit of workplace environments and having people that you want to see in the office uh, as a way of like support, rapport, building trust. How important is it for you to have, quote unquote, like friends in the office? Pre-pandemic, post-pandemic. Is it different for you now? Do you draw a line where you're like, this is just work for me now? Do you still miss the idea of having, you know, uh, that social aspect in an office? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm a social person at the end of the day. So it was so nice. And I, I do miss that. It was it was lovely, like chatting with you every day, saying hi, catching up, chatting with other people. <laughs> I'm a um, joy to be around. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Despite what people say. <laughs> right. No, exactly. So 100%. It's quite lonely when you work from mm. home. <laughs> yeah. And I do, I do miss that. Um, do I miss the cost of commuting in? Do I miss all my time and energy of commuting in? Nah, no, I don't miss that. Um, but there is an element of it that I do miss the social aspect and the seeing people and the chatting with people. How, how are you doing? And especially with people that I don't normally interact with, like people in different departments and different levels, you know, it's nice to see their faces and chat with them. But, um, I do 
enjoy working from home quite a bit. <laughs> what about you? I, I enjoy working from home. I am the opposite of Sarah. I am a diehard introvert, even though people don't know that about me because I've had to hide it in the in the corporate world for so long. But I being around people for me is incredibly overwhelming at times. Um, so it helps when I know people. So when we all work together, it was, I don't like to say we were like a family because that's your it's a work. Red flag. <laughs> it's a red flag, <laughs> rightfully so. Um, because we all know in families, people, some people are favorites. So if we carry that over to the work environment, you can, uh, you can deduce what I'm trying to get at there. But when you develop like close relationships of building trust with people in the organization, it makes it easier for somebody like me to be able to engage socially, but also step back and like go into my office and kind of shut people out if I need to, to get work done or just to like take a beat. Uh, but I do miss that. That's one of the biggest adjustments I had post pandemic is I went to work at other organizations that were 100% remote because people were employed all around the world. So I did have moments of confiding in people and being like, I miss having work friends. And it's it's from the aspect of, you know, it's nice to have somebody to go to lunch with, but mm. it's also nice to have somebody to go to, to have like a listening ear to bounce ideas yeah. off of that you trust. Being Absolutely. like, you know, I want to do this. Does this sound crazy? I had this interaction. Am I overreacting? Uh, just to have that sounding board because we have friends outside of work, obviously, that yeah. can also be those uh types of sounding boards but it's different when people don't get it because they don't work there right like they don't understand completely so i do miss that i have to commute now (laughs) outside of the city and it is definitely taxing uh especially when you're going into a place where you don't have that same level of social interactions with people and Mm -hmm. depending on what office you're going to what desk you're sitting at you're around different people every day um so for me Going into an office isn't ideal, but I I can and I will if it's close (laughs) and I don't, you know, I'm not losing the time of my day just from a commuting standpoint, you know, days that were eight hours long are now 10 hours with a commute like that, Uh, significant. And I think the pandemic made us realize what's really important from a work-life balance standpoint and what really works for us in an ideal workplace environment. So I ask you, I was just asked this recently, what is your ideal workplace environment? Great question. And I think that's changed because my situation back in 2019, beginning of 2020, I was just married. Right. And exactly. I had a house and a cat. That's it. Right. <laughs> now my life is completely different. I have a toddler and another one on the way. So realistically, I want to work from home more just because I can then drop off my son off daycare later. I don't need to drop him off as soon as daycare opens so I can get downtown or whatever. And then I can pick him up as soon as I'm done work. I can go pick him up or whatever it is and we can have dinner and we can have more time in the evening together. So yeah, it works better for my life working from home Um, or even, you know, getting a job closer to home would be ideal as well. Um, Sorry, what was the question, Krista? (laughs) What's your ideal workplace (laughs) environment? But before we get to that, you said like, even if you could work at a place close, closer to home, that would be good too. Would you ever consider if prices were in your favor, moving into a bigger space back downtown? Because we know, we know a few people that live, have families that are living in the Toronto core. A lot of people live out in the beaches or yeah. out on the Danforth. If that was a possibility, would you do that? Maybe. I would definitely consider it. My husband's job is downtown and he has to be close to downtown so regardless of where we move we have to be I can work out anywhere that that doesn't yeah. matter for me but my husband has to be close downtown so maybe that'd be beneficial for our family if we moved to downtown would I enjoy that I don't know 
I like the suburb. I like the suburban life, to be honest. I like hitting up. I like being close to 12 different grocery stores and walking to safe playgrounds and. Oh, safe playgrounds. (laughs) Not being scared of, you know, crazy homeless people or jumping on the TTC to get somewhere with who knows what's going to happen, right? So, just from a safe perspective, I feel like I would maybe prefer the suburbs. Yeah. Um, But who knows, you know? It's understandable. The opportunity knocked on the door <laughs> definitely want to check it out <laughs> yeah and I asked that because in my new commute when I walk to when I get to work out of our Toronto space which is only 20 minutes away I do pass um city place which is like Spadina and front area Spadina and Lakeshore area uh, where they built a community center and a school which didn't exist 10 plus years ago and it's only existed probably within the last four just before the pandemic around the pandemic and to see now people walking their kids to school in a place that was strictly 20 something university students that now is like a family oriented area it's it shows how the city is adapting in a way where it's like you never thought of i never saw one child before the pandemic yeah and then the pandemic and lockdown hit and all of a sudden i'm seeing these people walking around walking with their kids on the tricycle on like what i call like city streets and it's like Wait a minute, what? People live downtown with families? Yeah. I don't know how they do it, to be honest. I don't know how they do it either. Um, But they do, and it's possible. Yeah, for sure. But back to your question. My idea, right right now in my current life, my ideal situation is working from home. And if I had a job that was close to home, maybe going into the office hybrid. Let's say two days into the office. Right. I feel like you don't really need more than that. You can do totally. your work from home. You can schedule your meetings or your in-person meetings when you're in the office. But yeah, I would say with my current life, two days is fine. I would agree with that. Um, remote first for me always, but also give me the autonomy and flexibility to decide when I come into the office. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and an office that makes sense for me from a commuting perspective is yeah. the ideal. On top and an of that, office that's flexible too. Like they yeah. don't have rigid hours. Like you need to be in at this time. You need to leave at this time. Like no, 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 no. We are grown adults. We will come yeah. in when it's best for us, and we will leave Absolutely. when it's best for us, and we will work our required hours. Absolutely, especially now when it's just become it has become the norm that people are going to be online for meetings. of your meetings are going to be online anyway. So we have to just use our common sense hats here and be like, if I'm coming into a meeting where people are going to be online anyway, because they're either in different locations or it's not their day to come in, let's be flexible to the idea that we're going to be online together. It doesn't impact productivity. We don't sit all beside each other watching our work all day. Like, let's be realistic here. And on top of that, I think... It touches on something I've experienced a couple different times in a couple different organizations pre-pandemic is like the workplace environment also has to have a certain culture. One thing that I've noticed that I really don't want is what I call and maybe other people call now toxic positivity, where things that are challenges that could basically hinder your progress or create like potentially mental, I don't want to say breakdowns, but like it can affect your mental health. It can affect your mental health are supposed to be spun as, well, this isn't a problem. It's an opportunity. And I really grew to resent that. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, sometimes we need to acknowledge that things suck 
and we can't always positive spin it because we can't diminish the person's reaction to an event. It's like if someone passes away in your family and I say, well, they're in a better place now. Like that's to me, that's toxic positivity in a different way where it's like acknowledge the fact that this is a tough situation and that person has feelings that are not happy and that's okay. Yeah. And that's one of the number one things for me that I wouldn't want in my ideal work environment is like, let's not pretend that everything is going to be great or that it is great or that you now given me another to do of turning this negative into a positive Mm -hmm. when the reality is something just sucks. Yeah. Right. And a pizza party is not going to fix it. No, it's not going to make the culture. As someone who's closely aligned from a job perspective with culture, what do you wish that companies would do differently with these employee surveys that we all have to do every quarter? (laughs) (laughs) Outside of having a potluck or a party or a virtual trivia. Oh, God. (laughs) All the above suck. Um, Well, I think they should actually... Like, it depends on the company. It depends what happens. But And I know companies try, strive to try to action certain things that come out of the surveys. They try. Maybe they should try a little harder. And they should try. Maybe they should try implementing different things to see what actually works. Because if you try the same thing over and over, it's not working. Maybe you got to try a new idea. Or maybe instead of leadership coming up with ideas, maybe ask frontline workers, you know, the employees totally. at the bottom. Like, what do you want? Rather than leadership thinking like, hmm, maybe they need this. It's like, well, you're not them. (laughs) You don't know what they need. You have no idea. Absolutely. Employees are internal customers. So if you're not interested in what they need, why are are we doing this? Exactly. And I think a lot of employees feel that way of a survey. It's like, if you're not interested in my feedback, why are we doing this? Yeah. I worked for a company that used to do the same thing, but with the clients, like with Mm -hmm. the actual customers, they would get feedback and customers would be like it'd be really good if I could have this tool and then the company would be like that's great but we really think we're going to do this instead right even from like that standpoint it's just like you're not engaged like you are not tuned in to the fact that listening to the customer internally or externally is what is going to drive the business and the sales forward yeah and to take it in a completely different gear but it's like Kim Kardashian is a good example where it's like she didn't know anything about anything, respectfully. Yeah. But she knew that she had a social media audience and she had all these products. And she asked them, what do you guys want? What do you guys want to see? What are you guys into? And then she just dials into that. And now she's like a cabillionaire. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> and it's but, like, I all, but I do think it's hard, though, for companies because... You know, people are working remote, some people are working in the office, some people are doing hybrid, some people, mm-hmm. are, whatever the case is. So I do think it is truly hard for companies nowadays to define their culture and motivate people to get back into the office because people, people, people like working from home. Shocking. But people so if do. You, if you're offered 10 grand more to come into the office, would you go? Ooh, how many days do I have to go in the office? Uh, three. Uh, a lot, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. I would really have to think think about that. Because ten grand would more than cover, I would assume, your commuting costs mm-hmm. for three days a week, right? Mm-hmm. You, know, you would still get a little extra after all that said and done. But it's not that that I'm considering either. It's the time. Mm-hmm. It's my energy. It's right now on my current Go Train line. There's no express train, so it's an it's a uh, fifty minute train ride in. 
Brutal. Then that, then what? Then my son's schedule is going to be weird. What? Some days I'm going to drop him off at 7.15 and other days I'm going to drop him off at 8.15. Like, how's that going to work, play out? It would be a lot to consider. What's the latest that you can pick up your son from daycare? Uh, well, what what about you in your current position? Because you have to commute um, outside the city three mm-hmm. days. A- well, we ha- you have to commute to your office. Yeah. Would you? <laughs> I know you're doing it right now, but would you continue or what? What, what would you do? It wasn't. It wasn't worth the additional uh, compensation to commute yeah. for that yeah. time. Yeah. I would much rather take the time back. Yeah. I don't think any amount, no amount of money can make up for the two hours that I lose every day. Yeah, valid. So, yeah, from an ideal workplace environment standpoint, it's like my commute time has to be a reasonable amount. And I would take, you know, the difference in pay to make up for that because I've completely lost my whole routine in order to be able to be productive at work because my day is longer and then I can't do the things at home that keep me sane, like working out or, you know, I don't cooking and all that kind of stuff that all that gets completely thrown off. So I know there is a, there is a maximum amount of money that I'm willing to be paid in order to like commute. But it's crazy that we're even having this conversation because if the pandemic never happened, we would just, I know the office. But I'd only it'd only be seven minutes away though. So it's like that's <laughs> if the, if the pandemic never happened, I wouldn't be at the the place that I'm at now. Also, yeah, yeah, I would be making a lot less money. But again, I'd be working with people that I trusted and enjoyed yeah. working with and could lean on. Um, but also a very short commute. Yeah, but also very little PTO. So um, there's that. A, a good workplace environment has to have unlimited PTO. I've never had that. That is wow. <laughs> if you crazy. did. How much time off? Maybe I would take three to like, I would probably align my vacations with my husband's vacations. So maybe mm-hmm. four weeks and that's it. That's reasonable. Right. And that's it. Um, but how do you find, because you've worked at companies where it's fully remote, Yes. how do you find, or how do you balance your like work-life balance? How do you juggle that? Because, you know, when you work from home, mm-hmm. I doubt you take an hour lunch and I, and I doubt you, you know, go for a walk or whatever the case is. So how do you, how do you deal with that? That's a good question. So I definitely don't break for lunch uh, when I work from home. But to be fair, I didn't break for lunch during regular lunch times when I was in the office. I used to go for lunch at like 2 p.m. when like all the crowds and stuff like, like started to like dissipate in the, you know, in the food court areas and things of that sort. So that's not a change for me, but yeah, I'll work through lunch just to get through the day quickly. Um, but because I have in remote world, I have flexibility uh, around my schedule. So then it's really about building the schedule to give you back that time in your life. So I would always try and have a lot of heavy days, Monday through Wednesday to even Thursday to give myself more flexibility on a Thursday afternoon or a Friday to do things like get outside meet somebody for lunch, have that extra time. Um, the companies I worked at were very transparent. So you would see everybody's calendar and you knew kind of where everybody was. So there was no, there's no real judgment to know that you've blocked off eight to eight thirty to drop your kids to daycare, or you've blocked right. off this time because you have a doctor's appointment because everybody could see it and get a general sense of what people were doing. Mm-hmm. It, that kind of created some trust. And I can say outside of like executive leaders, there was no expectation to work beyond 
an eight hour work day. Most people, you can you can schedule it so that your availability, I'm used to like G Suite now in terms of like a Google Calendar versus an Outlook. Yeah. You can set up your working hours to say, between these times, you guys can book meetings with me. And if it doesn't work, then you need to find another day or another week. So I would be like, from 9 a.m. to 5.30 Eastern Standard Time, my calendar is open for you to book stuff with me. But nobody would be able to book something outside of that. So that's setting a boundary. Oh, that, so they, they couldn't even send you an invite for 530. No, that's right. That's nice. And that that was a, that's a boundary that I myself set, but that the company enabled, right? Like mm. in order to update your working hours for that and for them to not mandate that you have your calendar open whenever was like, that's a huge cultural workplace environment thing. That's nice. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Otherwise you can. I mean, have I worked outside my working hours to like get something done? Mm -hmm. Sure. But I did yeah. that when I was going into the office too. I yeah. would take, I still took my laptop home every day, even though I went to the office every day and I would work on weekends. Yeah. So it just, it depends. Um, if you schedule yourself accordingly, you can still find that balance. But if the culture is expected that if you need to walk away from your desk to do something, that's okay. And in a remote world, I find that flexibility is encouraged and not judged versus being in an office and being like, well, I have to leave early to pick up my kids. It it, it definitely lands different. Even though people understand post-pandemic, I don't feel the same sense of like, it's fine. Like I will leave the office earlier than expected because I want to beat traffic. <laughs> yeah. So even though when I get home, I'll still plug into my next meeting and I'm just finding, I'm trying to find a half hour, 45 minute window where I can like really speed home. I do feel like people judge me when I leave the office. Yeah. And all I'm doing is I'm just trying to make my day shorter from a commuting perspective, not to necessarily end my day. Exactly. Exactly. But that can depend on companies too. I think the more... I don't want to say corporate or more established or the older companies, they definitely still have those ancient views about like, you need to be perceived as busy by being seen. Yeah, which I don't agree with. And the more innovative tech or startup companies are like, we assess you when we hired you and we're going to assess you on whether you get something done. And if you're not exactly. getting something done, then you're not. Exactly. I, I think that's a very healthy, whatever your company did and whatever you did, I think that's very healthy in terms of like for the employee. I think that's great um, because there are companies out there that people will book you, book you in for meetings at 5, 5.30, 6 with no, they don't care about your personal life. You have things to do after? Oh, I don't care. Can you attend this meeting? Like, so the fact that your company was actually had that in place, I think that's fantastic. And I think it takes away some of the pressure for people to have to do those after work activities, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, you have to go and be with the client after hours to go and do something where it's yeah. like, well, if I have to go into the office for that, fine. But now that we know that everybody has to balance all of these new, you know, these, not these new things, but these acceptable things like picking up your kids and, and being with them that I don't have to go and have dinner with you and drinks yeah. To, to to seal the deal now in this new world. Where it's like, exactly. we spent the time together for people that can do it. Great. But I'm going home and that's great too. Yeah. And I, but I also feel like people, some people don't um, create that work-life balance for them. So they'll work into the, we, you know, early, early, <laughs> you know, hours of the morning into the night. But then it just makes like people around you like, 
I don't know, it just makes you feel like a crappy person. You're like, oh, well, shoot, maybe I should be working more, you know? And I don't think that's healthy because then that individual who's working around the clock, they're eventually going to get burnt out and they're going to get stressed and Absolutely. it's going to lead to other things. Um, and again, for the people around them, they, they feel like crap. It's like, well, crap, I already did my day, but you're working later. Shoot, should I be working later? A thousand percent, there's pressure there. I think it like, can we normalize that if somebody is doing their job, that that is actually great? Exactly. Somebody who's just doing their job doesn't mean that they're shit. Yes. If they're working their hours and they're getting their work done and they're getting things done, that's all that, like, like <laughs> that's it. That's yeah, the that's, that's And it's celebrated. Like, in any job, you need you need lots of those people because they are the foundation and knowing that people get promoted and there's attrition, you want those type of people to maintain the status quo. You can't just always be like, well, this person isn't asking for more tasks. They're not showing leadership. They're not being proactive, but th that's okay. You need a balance of everybody because not everybody can get promoted. Exactly. And if the business needs require for you to lay off people, those are the steady eddies that you need to keep the lights on. Mm -hmm. So to your point, there's a pressure that if you're not working beyond your working hours, that you're not successful, exactly. right? Like, like if I can get my day done in six hours versus eight, though, I mean, at leadership roles, your day is full of meetings. So it's impossible for that to be the case. But yeah. outside of that, as an individual contributor, if I can get my stuff done in six hours versus eight or four hours instead of eight, that means that I'm doing what I need to do for the job. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that I should automatically get more work yeah. because- Sally beside me, who has the same role, is not. Go I'm not going to be marked higher than her now. My my bar is now higher, and her bar is the same. So now, if she does one extra thing, she's going to get all of this credit. And now my bar is so high that I can't. Now I'm now I'm underperforming. Yeah. Because the expectation bar is moved for me. It's not exactly. still the same across the board. Exactly. And I think people really need to dive into that and be aware from an organization perspective, but I think it also speaks to the fact that most companies do not invest in making good leaders. Mm -hmm. I can say most of the time in an organization, you're working with leaders that are actually not good at being leaders. who are maybe really good at their jobs at one point. So you say, assume that they can lead people because they're really good at their job or they played a political game and moved up. So then there's bad habits Within a company, you can have a great culture, but then within a certain business area, the culture is trash, right? Like, yeah. you could really be like, I love this company, but the team I'm working with, like, boy, oh boy. Exactly. If the team is pressuring you, if your manager is pressuring you to attend this last meeting, last minute meeting at 5.30 or 6 or 6.30, whatever the, the thing is, like, you feel pressured to go, but you realistically right. can't. Absolutely. If you, if you have other... If you have other commitments and other things that you've agreed to and all of a sudden you've been kind of blindsided with this with this, and then you feel like you're going to impact your whole career because you can't drop everything for it, that isn't fair and it's not okay. appropriate. I just feel like the people that work longer than their required hours usually don't need to. <laughs> well, also, it's like, why are you incompetent that you can't get it done? Like, unless... At a certain level, you are working beyond your working hours. So I'm yeah. not I'm taking that away. A hundred percent. But if you, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're working beyond your working hours because you're giving everybody the expectation that you have enough work in your working day. Mm -hmm. When the reality is you're working a day and a half's worth of work. Yeah. And then as new challenges and projects are piled on, then you're, you're not, again, you're not, you're not helping yourself, unfortunately. Exactly.
And I think that's the biggest thing out of the pandemic is that boundaries are super important. And I think for some organizations, for people to be working remotely means that they can enforce these boundaries and companies don't like that. Yep. I've tried multiple times to enforce boundaries in my position, but it's, I get pushed back or, you know, things happen to build people don't understand. It's sometimes very challenging to deal with. Especially if you don't have somebody else at a leadership level that can be your advocate, right? Like mm-hmm. it can be like, everybody can say you need to be boundaries. You need to stick to them. You need to just tell people you refuse. And that sounds good in theory, but the reality is at some point that boundary it's, it's always a, it's a bit of a political game and it's, you may at the end of the year, see that that boundary hurt you. Yeah. Whereas like you've enforced this boundary and then you do your end of year review and you're like, okay, I feel so good that I create all these boundaries. And you're like, well, you know, these opportunities you were passed over because you didn't show that you were flexible. Yeah. And again, that's like a leadership culture where it's like, not everybody should be a leader, but there are way too many people in that position of leadership that are not capable. It's like, maybe you're really good at building relationships. Maybe you're really good at being the bully when it needs to be like deliver the hard messages, but to lead a whole group of people in a way that's positive is challenging. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So going back to your thing about, um, working from home and like creating boundaries, like what, what are some tools or tips and tricks that you do to like be productive when you're working from home? Cause it's easy to be like, Oh, I forgot to make the bed or, you know, to get just sidetracked into like your day to day stuff. Like, Oh, the kitchen needs to be clean. But you're like, no, I literally have like a meeting in like 15 minutes. I need yeah. to like stay on track. I think, well, I think when, whenever you, whenever's a good time to step away from your laptop, you need to step away from your laptop. You don't need to be sitting in front of your laptop from 9am to five. You need that break. Totally. Um, and it's just, it's honestly so nice to like, okay, I'm just going to take 10 minutes, throw in some laundry, tidy up and then go back to work. That's, that's how I, that's how I stay sane <laughs> by myself. Right. Um, I work, you know, a few hours and you just need it. You need to take that mental break. You need to, you need to walk away from your laptop. I try to make my lunch and sit down at my table away from my laptop every day. I don't take an hour who takes an hour, Um, but I definitely try to take a step back and don't think about work for, you know, half an hour or or whatever. Right. Just for my sanity. (laughs) Um, so th- those are the kind of things that I do. Um, and I try to, yeah, I try to just do little things around the house just to step away from my laptop just for a little bit, just to continue, you know, plugging away at the household errands that need to, and chores that need to be done. And also for my mental health. Absolutely. What are your tips? What do you do? I do some of the same things that you do where it's like, Taking a break would mean getting up and doing something around the house that needs to be done anyway, but is a mm-hmm. good a good task that still has you active, but it's it's a little bit more mindless so that you yeah. can have that sense of reprieve from like working. Yeah. Um, I I don't I don't eat lunch by my laptop. I like go downstairs and like make my lunch and eat it. Um, I <laughs> active, I run up and down my stairs, not that I plan on it, but just yeah. for laundry purposes, like 20 times, which is good. Cause then again, you're sitting, I need to move. Which is probably better than when you were in the office and having, and sitting there for like 
significant amounts of time. For yeah. me in the office, it'd be like, okay, go to the kitchen and like get some tea yeah. or make some new tea or go fill your water bottle yeah. just to like have that activity or leaving yeah. the office to walk for lunch. Cause I could do the same thing. I could ne- basically work from my office all day and never leave my desk. So exactly from a health standpoint, working from home forces you probably to get it from your desk more than you would, which is good for your overall health. Oh, what I was going to say is this. Do you feel pressure though, when you're remote to be available on whatever your team communication is? For some people it's Teams, for some people it's Slack. Do you feel pressure that you have to show as available when you're remote to like prove that you're working? Yes. And if someone messages me on Slack or Teams or whatever the instant messaging is, I will respond to them. Whatever I'm doing, I will respond to them. Yeah, same. I'm like, the same way. No matter what. Though you could be away from your desk in the office. For Valid. An hour. Yep. And just because somebody had seen you in the office that day, there literally be no judgment. Yep, 100%. It's just different. It's different, I feel like. It's totally different. There's a there's a perceived difference. And then I think that speaks to the trust that you have with your boss. Like I work with a boss who it was a, I guess it was a hybrid environment, but it was remote. And he was like, I don't care if you go into the office or not, because I'm commuting from the suburbs. I'm not going to go into the office that often. I, I trust you. We have regular touch points. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to manage your time in that way, which I completely respected. Yeah. And then I had another boss who was a little bit more micromanagery where it's like I I mean it was remote all the time but she just wanted to have always a sense of what I was doing from Mm -hmm. a calendar perspective which was fine I have nothing to hide but at a certain level you if you don't trust your employees then you probably shouldn't trust your ability to hire good people yeah right like if you feel like your people need to be in the office all the time that sounds to me like you have some people there that probably shouldn't work there Mm mm-hmm and you should reevaluate, again, your leaders and the, the ability to for performance manage. And just because now you've renovated the space and everybody can sit with these dual monitors at this long table and have a locker at work, <laughs> that that somehow makes it better. Yeah. <laughs> like, I literally can just get up and go and, like, get a drink. I can get up and just go to the bathroom. There isn't a line during lunchtime <laughs> when I go to my bathroom. Yeah, Totally. Totally. I'm very curious to see over the next few years how, you know, the working arrangements for companies, are, is, is it going to change? Mm-hmm. Are, are companies going to want employees to come into the office more? Well, I'm just curious to see over the next few years how it's going to, how it's going to be. So I've been at some organizations who are recently starting to change their policies because not enough people are coming into the office. Where you're at right now, is there any talk of mandating any type of return to office for anybody or is it still just flexible based on you do what works for you? It's flexible as of right now. I think they're always trying to think of different ways to get employees into the office more. Ooh, like how? But, oh, you know, leadership comes up with different ideas <laughs> um which aren't bad always right for no. new people to have like social outings Absolutely. and come get to know people we're not saying those things are wrong by any no, means no 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 absolutely not um but no as of right now it's flexible and that's and that's great i love that that, that works for you especially because you're 
well into your last trimester. Yeah, I'm almost, and, nine, I'm almost nine months pregnant. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> that baby is fully baked at this point. Yeah. Just a, it's just a waiting game. Yeah. Well, we're always curious to hear what our listeners think yeah. and share what their environment looks like, what their ideal environment looks like, their what overall experience. Maybe they have maybe they have some like work from home tips that we could implement into our daily lives. I would love to hear those tips. Exactly. Right? I'm no expert. I don't know at all. No. I definitely I will hijack anybody's idea if it makes sense for me. So Right. Please yeah, share on our social media channels, Instagram, TikTok, we're on YouTube, we're on Facebook, anywhere you can find us, uh, streaming wise. Definitely. We want to know what you guys think. And maybe you think we're full of shit. Like we're told, I'm, I'm totally okay to be called out too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but until then, you and I, will we'll, we'll chat. We'll keep everybody informed of what's going on. Yep. We're going to probably have to begin a countdown to baby's arrival. That's pretty exciting. So I'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.